Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Is uh, Carol Rutherford here today? Thank you for coming to church this morning. <laughs> Go ahead, Johnny. Should I? <laughs> Thank you, Carol, for coming to church. It saved me a, a prayer list. <laughs> How many here are grateful to be in the house of the Lord this morning? And how many are grateful that you belong to this church? Maggie. She's grateful also to, to have such a wonderful sheep. I was telling Pastor the other day I, uh, how much I appreciated him. As in, uh, he wasn't feeling well. And uh, I could tell he wasn't because I was trying to preach to him and he wasn't receiving it. And I, I said, I have to watch myself. When I open my mouth, I start talking about the things of God. I can't seem to stop, but we have to have wisdom. And so, but I was commenting him on how much he was not only a pastor, but he was a shepherd pastor. He reminds me of King David in the sense that David had two authorities. He had two crowns on him. One was he was a, a, a shepherd king. He had the, the crown of a shepherd and a crown of a king. Some are called to be pastors and some are called to be shepherds. And you have a shepherd. And I was telling him how that, you know, you have other people to come and speak and what a shepherd a true shepherd does, he takes them to different pastures. Well, he can't pick you up and take you to other ministries and, and hear them speak. So he has them to come as myself and others who do the table and other speakers that come. That is a shepherd saying, you have something in your pasture I need to feed my sheep with. And other pastors will go, no, 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 I am the only food they need. Where a shepherd says, I need other pastures to feed, you see. So you have someone that cares for your soul, not just your appearance or your pocketbook. He's not interested in that. I didn't, I didn't plan to speak on that this morning. But you do have wonderful ministries up here. He's brought them together. And, and then Lady Maggie May. Yes, I know the man is the head, but the woman is the neck. She can turn that head either way she wishes. God bless the man's soul. My message this morning, real quickly, is from John, the 11th, the 12th chapter, that is. And to be real quick about it, we have to understand that Jesus is the most um, interesting man in the world. He is the most interesting man in the world. It's not the Dosecki's man. Jesus is the most interesting man in the world. And I want you to understand that he is man. Because when he went to the cross, he went to the cross as a man. And man must defeat Satan as man. 
That's why it's important today to understand the man Christ Jesus. If you were to go to heaven today and, and uh, you would walk into the kingdom, you see the heavenly father, you see Jesus sitting at the right hand of the father, and you would see his nail prints. He will always wear those as man. Though he was uh, the son of God, he came as the son of man. So when he spoke, everything he did, he did in the place of another Adam. That's why this table is so important. He didn't die as a God. He died as a man to defeat Satan as a man with the word of God. We cannot do anything without the word. But, you know, God wants us to do all these things as man. But the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, things I do shall you do also. Why? I was man and I did it by the power of the living God. And I passed that lineage on to you. Jesus said, prior to going to the cross, probably about five days before entry into the cross, he said to his disciples and everyone about him, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Now, if you understand what I do best and what I love to do is to study the Greek and the Hebrew. And in that word draw, it is to take possession. And it comes from the Latin word, labano. Everybody say labano. Labano. Jesus said, if I labano, I will draw all men unto me. And that word particularly is a little bit different than what we see just in drawing. It means more than that. It means to take over, to assume, to seize, to take back. Now understand this table is going to represent that Jesus is taking back what belonged to you, to man. He didn't take it back for God. God needs no need of any protection. He has no need of intervention. He, has, he doesn't even war against Satan. He's not his enemy. Satan is a created being just like any other thing that he created, it belongs to him. All of this was done for you and me so that we would arise to the position that God created man to be in the very beginning, to rule over yourself. No longer Satan having to rule. And, and when Jesus said these words, he prefaced it with another sentence. And he said that now is judgment come. And now has the prince of the world been cast out. He's not talking about the last day. He's talking about now. It is a now thing. So realize that the attraction of the cross is more greater than either other feature in life. That's why Jesus is the most spectacular man in the world. When he spoke, things happened. So gentlemen, if you'll come this morning, do realize that 
even though Jesus spoke of that judgment now has come, he's also said, I've lifted up. And if you'll lift me up, and if you'll draw me up, go ahead, gentlemen, pass out the sacraments. I will draw. I will assume. I will take the position. And that word also means it has the same connotation as I will take a wife. I will take a sword. I will take what belongs to me. So you realize what Jesus did for you in Calvary, he took you back. And when he did, he says, judgment now has come, but not for my people. You know what he meant when he said, the judgment now has come. In other words, the clock is starting to tick, 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 tick. And another thing that he gave us, I'll always be with you. I will never ever forsake you no matter what battles you may go through financial, marital your husband may leave you, your wife your dog may leave you but Jesus will never leave you thank you because he won the victory do understand when you take this morning you're taking a part of what he did on Calvary. It is so, it is done. So we take up this symptoms this morning. Blessed be the name of the Lord God Almighty. Gentlemen, if you would go ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. 
Ladies and gentlemen, Norman and Lisa Garcia. Norman is from Argentina and so is Julio. Where's Julio going? Okay, Julio, good to see you. Hola, como esta? Muy bien, yes, see. Not only have I danced for the Queen, but I can speak different language. Johnny was speaking about Carol Rutherford. Little did you all know that she was up at the crack of dawn yesterday and led a band of warriors up to Gainesville to the homeless. Did you get them loaded up, Carol, or not? They have. And just kill these big lights and let the folks see the group that we served as a church. Even if you weren't there, you're part of it. This is the group that was there uh, we were serving. And what a beautiful, beautiful breakfast they put on. And uh, that's some of the folks there, Debbie Kennedy and her daughter. There's my back to you. Uh, I was the lead singer, Norman. I'm going to get you to come and sing for us one of these Saturdays, you and Lisa. You'd love it. And uh, these are just some of the folks that are serving. And uh, the crowd was there. It was one of the biggest crowds we've ever had. And uh, they just had a wonderful time. I was very, very honored by Pastor Jerry 
there was another pastor there from where Mary Beth comes from? Jefferson. And he was watching, and he goes on the fifth Saturday. When there's five Saturdays in a month, he goes, but he was amazed. In fact, I think that's him there. He was amazed that the unity and the group that we had, uh, I'll tell you, we've got a fantastic church and a lovely group of people. And uh, they get up at the crack of dawn on a Saturday, and they go and they serve to those that are a little bit less fortunate than us. All right? So you're part of that too. You send us on our way rejoicing, and you pray for us. So, Carol, although you weren't here last week, as I heard, you must have heard I wouldn't be here either. So Johnny called you out, but I'm giving you praises this morning. Well done. Praise God. Lights, action, here we go. Johnny brought a wonderful message this morning and some tremendous thoughts. And not to be outdone, John, would you come? John, not to be outdone by, by Johnny, uh, I know a little Greek too. He has a restaurant on Peachtree Industrial and Medlock Bridge Road. His name is uh, Anassis. So if you're needing a nice Greek meal, go and see Anassis. And if you want to get the word in Greek, go see Johnny Coe. Because I don't know Greek yet. I just know a little Greek that's down there. Here's my team here that are going to sing a song to you before I minister. Just uh, close your eyes this morning and let us uh, focus on Jesus. Our focus this morning is on him. His wonderful grace, his mercy, and his peace. And he just has so much to offer us this morning. And as the team come and, and lead us in worship, why don't you just close your eyes for a moment? And if you feel led that you would like to sing and you don't know the words, just look up on the screens and allow God to minister to your heart through the words of the song. I want you to be ministered to today like only Jesus can this morning.
rest on his unchanging grace in every high and stormy gale my anchor holds within the veil my anchor holds within the veil Christ And through the praise and worship, it just gets me, gets me going. It helps to prepare my heart for what the God has for us today. And I am thankful for that. January the 27th, Sunday the 27th. You listen, Mama? 27th, okay. She promised me she would listen to me today, so. I'm going to quiz you later. The title of my message is Hope to the Hopeless. You ever felt hopeless? Man, I've felt hopeless so many times. Yeah. Psalm 34, Psalm 34, verse 17 through 20. 17 reads like this. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart, and save such as have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. He guards all our bones. Not one of them is broken. Are you this morning, am I, I ask me that question, am I experiencing trouble in my life this morning? Things that would come to distract 
things that would come to hinder me, things that would come to take my focus off the Lord and onto the situations of life that would come to hinder us. Do you feel crushed this morning? Have you ever felt crushed that you just feel that there's just no way out? There's nothing that I could do to change the situation that I find myself in. Do you feel crushed today? Is there an area in your life that you just need God to step in and take over? I have been there many times. And there's nothing to be embarrassed about. I've been there many times and the only solution that I've found in my time of trouble is when I turn my eyes and my focus and my heart towards the Lord. I'm here to tell you today as we read in Psalm, from the words of Psalm 46, Psalm 46, 1 through 3. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed through the mountains and be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. I want to assure you today, this morning, that God hears your every cry. That God hears your every cry. And he is able, he is able. I want you to focus on what I'm saying today. And if you don't get it by the end of this sermon, I don't know what's wrong with you. And he is able to deliver you and me from what, whatever that you are going through today. He's the only one. He's the only one. We serve, you and I, that are Christians, that have accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, and life, we serve a miracle working God. I am not the healer. Johnny's not the healer. We're going into the lower 40 now, to another pasture right now. Pasture. We're going into another pasture to feed on what God has for us today. And he's got something for every one of us today. We serve a miracle working God. I'm not the healer. I can't forgive you of your sins. I can't do that. It's God alone who heals. Listen now. It's God alone that heals. It's not a man. Some people are anointed with the, the, the anointing to pray for the sick. Yes, that's not what I'm saying. But the actual healing comes from God alone. It comes from him. I'm not that man. My, I plug into the source. I was telling somebody the other day about these new electric cars. Some people have got these cars and they turn them on, you don't hear a thing going. You press the pedal and away they go, like a golf cart. But you know, they only last so long. Eventually, they've got to plug into a source where their batteries can be recharged. And it's the same as you and I. We only last so long. But it's when a time when we go and plug ourselves in to be recharged and not be recharged by the things of this world, because that won't help you, but recharged into the things of God. You see, it's God that makes a difference in our lives. God alone is the one that heals. It's God alone, it's not man, that is the same one that gives you spiritual healing. 
God alone. If you've never accepted the Lord into your heart this morning, I can't save you. I can't do it. All I can do is to point you in the right direction to where you'll find my Savior. Your Savior, the same as many of them here. He's only one. His name is Jesus. My Savior, when I bowed the knee at a young age and accepted him to come into my heart and life at two in the morning in a little Scottish house in Scotland, not a big congregation, I was offered to accept Jesus in a big congregation. I got that offer, and I turned it down. I says, no, I'm very sorry. I've made a mistake. But I righted my mistake, let me tell you. At 2.30 in the morning, and Jesus came into my heart and life, and my life has never been the same again. Back into the streets and all around, the shootings, bombings, all kind of nightmares. Back to the friends that I cussed with, fought with, did all that stuff with. Back, not a Bible, not a pastor, not a Christian friend. I was going back into the same situation that I left four days before. But something happened. And it happened in here. My life was turned around. It was transformed, changed. I wasn't the same person that I used to be. Hallelujah. You know, getting excited out there. My goodness, you're beginning to sit like lumps in a log. My Savior, he could be your Savior today. His name is Jesus. You will have the opportunity to end the service to meet him for yourself, if not before. Now listen, you want to get saved before I finish my message, just put up your hand and we'll pray for you now. Hallelujah. You don't have to wait till the end, Mama. You can just give it now. Praise God. God's here to meet your need. And it could be already you got it through the singing, through Johnny's ministry, through Gail and uh, Gwen and, and uh, uh, Angeline sharing their testimony, how they've served the Lord. How many years did you say, Angeline? 55. Huh? 55. You must have been six years old at that time. <laughs> Praise the Lord. 55 years. And I'll tell you, they've been faithful. Them girls, them two sparks. Their name was Sparks before... Uh, they got married. But them two girls have been faithful. They've given their lives to Jesus. And they've let their light shine for him. And I, th I think that's an honor. I'm honored to be able to call them my friends and to tell them that they've helped me along the way. When I first got saved, it was these ladies that helped me along the way. And not just them, but others of that elk that were faithful. And I'm encouraging you today. You can all be faithful. All of you have a touch. All of you can minister to someone and encourage someone. We all have a place. Hallelujah. And it's up to you. You can be a discouragement or you can be an encouragement. I choose to be an encouragement. That's what I want to be. So if you get a touch from the Lord before, just put up your hand. I'll stop everything and we'll just go right to the thing because God's then got it. Hallelujah. And that's what we're speaking about to them. He's got it. And he's here to minister to you. There's a song that we used to sing or hear a lot. Gwen, I think you'll know it. He gives more grace when the burdens grow greater. He sends more strength when the labors increase. To added affliction, he adds his mercy to multiplied trials. His multiplied peace. His love, listen to me, 
talking about Jesus. Ah, you're getting excited, brother. His love has no limits. No limits. No limits. Maggie, no limits. Does, does that get you excited? Amen. Well, good for you. I'm going to use you today, so I'll get it when I go home. Ah, ah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It gets me excited when I realize the words I'm reading and the words I'm saying. It gets me excited when I hear these men and women that are praising and worshiping with the words that they're saying and how they're birthed of the Holy Ghost. It gets me excited when Johnny speaks about a different pasture. Well, I'm in a lower pasture today, but we're given the same message. We're feeding our sheep the same grass, just more full in different areas. Maybe it was the upper 40 and it's in the lower 40. Now, I don't care who, who does it. I just want my sheep to be blessed. Hallelujah. I want us to be blessed and strengthened of the Lord. He added affliction. He adds his mercy to multiplied trials, his multiplied peace. His love hath no limit. His grace has no measure. As far as the east is from the west, his grace has no measure. His power no boundaries known unto men. For out of his infinite night, riches in Jesus, he gives and he gives and he giveth again. When we have exhausted, we've exhausted. We've come to the end of the road. And we don't know which way, where to go. We don't know where to look up. Maggie, move my head down. That's it. Move it to the left, Maggie. To the right. Well done. You're paying attention. She turns the neck, you see, Johnny. I'm listening to you. Hallelujah. When we come to the end of our endurance, when our strength has failed and the day is half done, when we reach the end of our hoarded, our, our hoarded, Resources, our Father, our Father's full giving has only begun. When we've come to the end of ourselves, I want you to realize this, that Jesus' giving has only begun. Do you need an experience of God's grace in your life today? I do. I need an experience of his grace in my life today. How about you need an experience of peace in your heart and your life? Peace, mama. Peace in your heart and your life. Do you need that this morning? Jesus can give it to you. Just ask him for it because he loves you, mama. He cares for you. It doesn't matter how old or how young you are. He cares for you. He loves you and he loves me this morning. Just put yourself there. God loves you. Hallelujah. How about peace today? Is your life, you ever felt that your life, when the saints lost last week, Jason thought, I won't say no more. Jason thought the end of the world had come and his life was in turmoil. That's all I've got to say. All right. Perhaps you need a physical healing. I need, oft times, a physical healing in my body. I need a physical healing right now. But I want to encourage you, listen, don't 
It's coming. It's coming, Bill. Don't give up. It's coming. Yes, it's coming. Some of us could have been waiting for a while. God's timing, listen to me, Catherine. God's timing is not always our timing. It's not because he hasn't heard your cry. It's not because he hasn't heard you. Hallelujah, he's working. He's working and he's moving and it's going to come. In Proverbs 3, verse 12, it says these words. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. It makes us be discouraged. It makes the heart sick. But listen, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. I don't know about you this morning, but I'm believing for a tree of life to come into my heart and into my spirit. And I wanted to see it to come into you. I'm not, I'm not greedy. I'm a giver. And I'm not ashamed of it. I don't want to hold on to these secrets to myself. I want you to get it as well. Gwen, I want you to have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. I believe in for a tree of life experience for each one of you this year. For all of you who have been waiting for a mighty move of God in your heart, whatever it is, we all have needs, different needs. But I'm pointing you in the direction where your needs are going to be met. Just thinking about a woman in the Bible this morning. In Matthew 9, 20 through 22, this woman had suffered for 12 years. Not only did she suffer, but she spent all that she had on doctors. How many? <laughs> you should see my pill cap bag. Uh, spent all that we had. I go into CVS pharmacy. If you don't believe me, I'll take you in. And some of them are new and they never met me before. I says, you don't know who I am? What's your date of birth, sir? You mean you don't know my date of birth? You see that wing over there? I paid for that. That's my wing. I paid for that alone. Oh, you don't know me? My goodness. I feel as if I own that wing at CVS. I take enough pills that I begin to rattle in the mornings. Twelve years this lady had spent all she had on doctors and still no better. But she knew where to go. Do you know where to go? Or are you still out there searching for your relief from the pain or whatever it is that's going to you? She knew where to go. She had heard about Jesus. Now, it's not like Carol Rutherford going out to Facebook and putting up pictures or telling you about what happened at the, at the homeless. She, it's not like, it wasn't like that back then. I've got news for you. It had to be someone that shared of the things that Jesus had to come. He had such an impact on people's lives that it went across the whole, whole area. She had heard, Jesus. She had heard of the things that Jesus was doing and what he could do. No social media back then. She heard about Jesus through word of mouth. She knew if she could just have been there if only. Jim Bomboy, if only. 
If only I could just touch the hem of his garment. If only. You come to a place in the road and you think to yourself, well, if only. I've been there. If only. Her thought was, if only I could touch the hem of his garment, she would be healed. It had to be a struggle for her. Twelve years. Many of you ladies know what she had. Men know it too. And sometimes people can handle it easier than others. Some of them are go to bed and, and, and are in severe, 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 severe pain and go through it more difficult. This woman had it for 12 long, hard years. And at that time, it was not, what's the word I'm looking for? Not accepted so well or people didn't feel sorry for you and that stuff and they wanted to stay away from you. I don't need to say no more, you all know. But it has been, because she was weak, you see. She was weak. And it had to be a struggle for her to press through. And sometimes we have to struggle and we have to press through and push through the crowds or push through the circumstances that would come to hinder us and hold us back. Sometimes that's what's required. Sometimes that's what we need to do is to push on through, not give up at the first thing that would hold us back, but push on through. And that's what she did. She pushed on through in our weak state. She pushed through and she touched the hem of his garment. And as soon as she touched it, he felt the healing power go from him. He said to his disciples, who touched me? They're looking at, like me, I maybe had been, if I'd been one of his disciples, I'd have looked at, what do you mean who touched you? There's thousands of people back there. Any one of them could have touched you. How do you expect me to know who touched you? You know? I mean, think about it. It's not all, ooh, he, he felt the healing power go from him. Who touched you? Could have been NMD. As soon as she touched him, Jesus felt the power of healing go from him. At that moment, he turned and asked, who touched me? The disciple says, look at the crowd. It could have been anybody. Jesus kept looking around, looking to see who it was. Then the woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. Instead of rebuking her, rebuking the woman for disobeying the Jewish laws, Jesus said to her, daughter, man of love, you see, man of compassion, daughter, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering, listen to this, but Jerry, hold them down, Casey, please. Your suffering is over, Jerry. That's what he said. Your suffering is over. Go in peace. Hallelujah. John, would you come with your team? That's only one story. But you and I, we could read many, many more stories in the Bible of what Jesus can do. There is nothing 
absolutely nothing too hard for him. I've told this story a couple of times before. Some of you might have heard it, but for those that are not aware, we have some new folks with us today. And I got this story come back into my mind, into my heart this morning. The story of Billy Campbell. Who is Billy Campbell? Billy Campbell was a drunk, a down and out, who had lost his wife and lost his family, lost everything he had. He was filthy. He was a fisherman, went out to sea and made big money, would come back if he made it back, and would go and spend it all in alcohol. His family would turn if they saw him, beautiful family, if they saw him walking down the street, they would turn away from him. They didn't want nothing to do with him. Nothing. He became a scourge of the earth. And you know, he put, it was his own fault. He put it on himself. But that alcohol can have a tremendous hold on you. Cigarettes can have a hold on you. All the other stuff. Drugs. I never did drugs. Well, uh, I'm doing <laughs> I'm doing them now. <laughs> but but illegal drugs, I'm not, I, I didn't do illegal stuff. So, uh, where does it come from, Lord? Tell me. Focus, focus, Lord. Let me focus. It's hard when you are an alcoholic. I'm not making light of that. We were in a convention in Peterhead, Scotland. Angie, you've been there, Angeline, Gwen. And on the left-hand side, at the back of the hall, was this guy unwashing, unwashed, a beard, and he had a turtleneck on up to here, and he was sitting at the back, right over there by where Paul is, right at the back. And Pastor John was sharing a little bit like what I'm doing today and what Jesus had done in his life. See, God touched the Cameron family in a, a Holy Ghost, fully anointed way. It came to a little place of Peterhead where nobody would want to go unless they were passing through to go somewhere else. A little fishing town. And people would come there and come after the Holy Ghost came and set them all free and they were all saved. That's another story in itself. But he was telling what Jesus had done for him. And he was explaining all the wonderful things that the Lord had done for him. Healed him, touched his family, blessed him abundantly, became a millionaire overnight, more or less. God blessed him above and beyond whatever he could ask or think. He was a kind man. He was a good man. He was a generous man. And he would give and give and give to different ones in the congregation. Everybody knew him. And as he was speaking, a bit like what I'm doing now, a voice from where Paul is now came from the back of the congregation, an unwashed man with a beard and looked really scruffy. He'd fallen down between the boats and was almost killed uh, into the water. And these big steel boats moved back and forth. And how he survived, I do not know. And he was sitting back there and he says, Can it do it for me, John? Just like that. Sounded just like that. Can I do it for me, John? And Pastor John looked at him. Yes, Billy. Because he had known Billy from the school. 
schoolmates. The only difference between Pastor John and Billy, John had accepted Jesus as his Savior and wanted to go the Holy Ghost way. Billy chose the other spirit and went that way. But he was desperate, you see. He'd come in, New Year time. That's when you can go from house to house and get as much drink as you want. You go in, Happy New Year, and you come back, Happy New Year. <laughs> and they feed you, and they fill you full of drink. It's really, that's true. You don't believe me? It's true. So Billy was at the back. He said, can you do it for me? John looked at him, and he says, yes, Billy. He can do it for you. Billy, if he can do it for me, he can do it for you. That man, now you might say, look, pastor, that's just a story you're telling. No, it's not a story. I was there. I witnessed it with my own eyes. I saw an alcoholic being totally transformed in a moment of time, sitting at the back. I'll be finished in a minute, Steve. I hope the read gets better. Praying for you. Praise the Lord. And he says, can he do it for me? Yes, he can do it for you. He can do it for any one of us here this morning. Billy Campbell got wonderfully saved. He's the only man I know. It's a very religious town, Peterhead. And they have Baptist church. You've got independent church. You've got Church of Scotland. You've got Episcopal. You've got Catholic. But you only get to speak in the type of church that you belong to, interdenomination or whatever. Billy's the only man I know that could speak in any church in our hometown. Because people in the town, it's a small town, they know if you don't put all your washing out in a Monday morning. They could tell that your word goes round and they know that you haven't washed two sets of sheets and a set of pillars. They know. And it word got round what happened to Billy Campbell. Totally transformed. That man has one of the really nicest, most wealthiest families in our hometown now today. We're still in contact with him twice a week with his wife, Evelyn. Still in touch. But God saw fit to take him from the gutter. And that's what he did for Billy Campbell. Ah, pastor, stories. No, it's the truth. I witnessed it with my own eyes. And I want you to believe me today. You believe anything I've said, trust me. That's what happened. Hallelujah. We serve a miracle, real miracle working God. Jesus can touch our life. Just ask. Just ask him to come in and touch you and to bless you. As we come at this time of prayer this morning, we believe that Jesus continues to do miracles in lives today. Are you that person that's willing to open up your heart, open up your life, and give him a chance, give an opportunity to change your life. As John and his wonderful team sing this song with us today, it's, I want to remind you that it's Jesus now that does the miracles. I just plug into the source with the prayer team as they come forward. We believe together your prayers are answered. Where two or three, the Bible says, where two or three are there, I am in the midst. I'm here to tell you Jesus is here. His word tells us. 
If you need prayer this morning, prayer team, come forward. I would love an opportunity to pray with you. You see, here he gives us hope for the hopeless. Come stretch your faith and believe. Just believe when you trust in his name. You just come forward at this time. If you want us to pray with you. Hallelujah. As we join together, these are brothers and sisters that believe that God is a miracle-working God. Open it for me, Bill. Open up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. If you need a touch this morning, hallelujah. Whatever it 